I believe that song, don't you? And it could be any moment that he'll come. Thank the Lord. Remain stand. If you would, please take your Bibles tonight. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter 11, you know, singing these songs. They're beautiful songs, but they're real, real. The message is real. And we're singing about something that's going to happen one of these days. The Lord will come again, maybe today. And uh, uh, I just think in that chorus, every time we sing that chorus there, it just brings a little goosebumps to me. And uh, to think of what's going to happen one of these days, free from, I mean, I mean, I'm glad my sin's all been forgiven, but I'll be glad when I don't sin anymore. Amen. It'll be a wonderful thing. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. Well, Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, begin reading verse number 13. We'll just read a few verses, 13, 14, 15, and 16. I'll read 13, join me on 14, down through verse 16. The Bible says, these all died in faith. Not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them and embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly whereof God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. I want you to take your, 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 your focus back on verse number 13. And the first part says, these all died in what? In faith. They died in faith. And some folks don't have, I guess, maybe they're not sure what that might be. I hope tonight we might understand what that is and might apply it even in our own lives and uh, the title of my message was, is this, though, never turn back. Never turn back. Amen. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. i tell you what, this whole world doesn't have anything to go back to. Uh, it doesn't have it. I, I don't understand sometimes Christians want to do that. They want to go back to those old things. We'll see you in a message here in a moment. But let's ask the Lord to bless. Now, Father, thank you again for the time that we have together. It's a, it's a blessed time. It's precious to us. Lord, we, have, we, we on purpose came tonight to be a part of this service. And already, how blessed we are with the songs that we have sung. And every one of them had a message in them. And uh, Lord, it thrills our hearts. And I guess if it didn't, we'd have to see what's wrong with our hearts because there's nothing wrong with those songs. And I pray that you would bless and help us tonight open our hearts to the Word of God. You speak to us. Help us to do what the title of the message says, never turn back. Save the one who may be here without you, and we'll thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I think we all agree that we're living in days that very similar to Revelation chapter 3. If, if you want to, turn back there. If not, I'll just read it just a few pages back. Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 14. And uh, it, it talks here about the, uh, a church. Uh, to the church of Laodicea, and it says, And unto the angel of the church of La the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of create the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. Then So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. And God's saying it makes me sick. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, that thy shame and thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. But I look at the church of Laodicea, and they thought they were all right. We find out the Lord knew their works. You know, the Lord knows our works too. We sometimes have a self-righteousness about ourselves thinking we're okay when we need to stop and realize God sees us as we really are. We compare ourselves with everybody else rather than God, and we can always find someone we'll look good against And uh, when it comes even to spiritual, spiritual things. 
We live in a world like that. Also, I think in the book of in the, in the book of Second Timothy, and if you'd like to turn there, I'll just read it to you. I'm right there at Second Timothy chapter number three, and I've read it many a times. This verse one, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those. Uh, that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. That's exactly what's happening in our world around us right now. The times we live in are like the days of Noah. Now, I thank the Lord God's not sending another flood. He made a promise, and we believe that promise. Amen. And, uh, you know, the... the uh, uh, the, the green folks today, not the Martians, but the, the, the AOCs and stuff, you know, those folks that talk about the climate change and everything, and, uh, you know, they're afraid everything's going to melt down and flood the earth. God said, I'll never send another flood. I believe that. I believe that. I believe everything's all right. We don't need to worry. Uh, you don't have to buy an electric car. Amen. I mean, that's for the heathen to me. I just believe it. If you can't smell gasoline, I don't want it. Amen. And, uh, and I mean, that's all right. I just make sure you buy a long, long extension cord. And, uh, but uh, uh, the thing is, uh, you know, they're, they're all worried about our world. Do you know that God's still in control? God knows what he's doing. God knows what he made, and God can take care of what he made. We don't keep this world spinning. God does. But if we're in the times like Noah. Now, there's not going to be a flood, but we're in the times of Noah where people didn't have anything to do with the things of God. They listened to the righteous man of God preaching, and they didn't pay attention to him. They went on doing their own thing, and then the rains came like God said it would, like the preacher had preached. And yet the people didn't respond, and what happens, they ended up dying in that flood. I think of the days of Noah, Lot's time. You know, We're living in days like that too, aren't we? I mean, I remember as a kid hearing about the story of Lot and the Sodomites, you know, and I thought, man, alive, can you imagine a time like that where the homosexuals were out there running around and they, they were just everywhere? Uh, hello? We're there today. And people say, well, you know, and you preach against that, I say hate crime. You call it whatever you want to. I call it Bible preaching. And, uh, but then Lot's time and how wicked it was and vile those men were. And uh, that came there to the house. Remember, the angels came to Lot's house, and, and uh, Lot got so backslidden, he was kind of hobnobbing with the, with the homosexuals there and uh, the sodomites, and he was hobnobbing with them. And then what happens when those angels came, and he didn't want them to be touched? Well, don't, don't bother them. But, I mean, how low can a man go then to offer his daughters to those men? I just can't believe that. I'm telling you, I'd I, I die for my kids, amen. And here, Lot was willing to give his daughters to those wicked, vile men. We live in times like that today. We see people, even today, men that will, will, will give their daughters to other men. That's a horrible thing to say, but that happens. In our own area, I know of a story of a, of in our own area here where, where men, a man would, would allow his daughter to be, be rented out by other men in this area. That's the kind of world we live in today. We don't talk about it a lot, and I hate even bringing it up, but I want us to understand what we're living in right now in times like that. We're living in a day of falling away, a day of spiritual casualties. Even we see what God's people falling by the wayside. People getting into all kinds of problems because they feel like they're going to live above sin. But sin takes a little bit, but it takes even a whole lot more until all of a sudden someone gets arrested, someone gets thrown in jail, and, and then all of a sudden we're crying for mercy there when we should have been crying out for God when the temptation came. That's kind of where we're living in. We're living in a world that's like the fellow we talked to, Brother Dallas and I talked to, I mentioned this morning, this young fellow is 20 years old. He says, I'm a very factual man. He said, I only believe facts. You know, it's funny how people determine what a fact is. And he said he really didn't believe the Bible because he doesn't think it's fact. And he said, I only believe factual things. So I don't have anything against anybody else, what they believe, but I just believe in the facts. Well, I, my Bible tells me thy word is truth. If I'm not mistaken, truth is a fact. And yet, as I mentioned this morning, the fellow said, well, if Jesus came and walked up to me, 
and took my hand, shook my hand, and said, I have eternal life for you. Would you like to have it? He said, I would take it then if I could see it. What he needs to do is get in the book and he'll see it. It's in the Bible. But there's spiritual blindness. One of the reasons there's so much spiritual blindness is because the eyes of, of many are on the things of the world instead of the things of God. People's eyes are on what the world has to offer rather than the things that God has for us. How many times I hear people telling me they don't have time for church or the things of God. I'm a firm believer in this. We have time for what we want to have time for. We will make time for things that are important to us. And yet, so oftentimes, we find people saying, well, you know, I just don't have time for church. Well, then you need to rearrange things. Your priorities need to be right. Quit making excuses. Everybody can make excuses. And I'll tell you what, you know, your excuse sounds really good to you. But oftentimes, your excuse smells like Limburger cheese to everybody else. It stinks. I wish we had as much love for God as we do our jobs. Amen. That's why I need my job. Don't we need God? Don't we need God? I wish we loved God as much as our jobs. I wish we loved God as much as our entertainment. People say, well, you know, the kids have a ball game, and we, we go to the ball games, and we're going to see the curve, or we're going to go to a, a park on Sunday instead of go to church. We love our entertainment. Wouldn't it be something we love God more than we loved our entertainment? Wouldn't it be something we love God more than the world's offerings? The world throws everything at us today. Our children today could be busy every day of the week, and yet we don't have time for God. How many little boys and girls, when we look and we say, man, how, how these kids get so warped because they don't know the truth? How many children today never go to church? Never. How many times I've talked to people, they've never been to church. They don't know the things of God. But thank the Lord tonight, we can know the truth. And we can know what the truth really is. And in what we read there in Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse number 13, we find about these people here something very interesting said about the folks in there. Because when you think about it in chapter number 11, this is that hall of fame. It's talking about some great names of the Bible. These people did great things. But the Bible tells us something about them that I think is very interesting. In verse number 13, it says, these all died in what? Faith. They all died in faith. You say, well, preacher, look at there. What they did, they died. It's appointed unto man once to die. We're all going to die someday if the Lord tarries. If the Lord doesn't come back first, we're all going to take our last breath on this earth. There'll be a funeral for us, but I'll tell you what, not a one of us will go to our own funeral because we'll be absent from the body and then we'll be present with the Lord. Sometimes when people read this, they look at these folks and when they look at this verse and they say, well, evidently these people stayed saved. They stayed saved. And you know what? In a sense, yes. But they didn't stay saved by working at it. Because the Bible tells us when we get saved, we get eternal life. Not a temporary life, eternal life. And we believe this. I, I know people laugh at it, they scoff at it, but I believe this all my heart because I believe what the Bible says. Once saved, always saved. I'm God's child forever. I was born in the biter family. Nothing can change the fact that I'm a biter. What a terrible name. Although, although one of our missionaries, I believe it's uh, uh, um, brother uh, in Mexico, brother, uh, help me. Who? Mexico. When? Yeah, when? There we go. I don't know what you're all talking about. Ponce de Leon or something. I don't know. I think I heard a bunch of different things. But, uh, you know, we, we, uh, uh, Brother Wynn, I get a letter. I get to get that letter. It's always addressed to Mark Bitter. <laughs> I, it used to be Mike Bitter, but they finally got that straightened out. Now I'm down to Mark Bitter, so that's all right. I, I, it gets to the right place. But, but the, 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 thing, the fact of the matter is, I was still born in the Biter family. No matter what you say, I'm still a part of the Biter family. Nothing changes that. If I go and rob a bank, I'm still a Biter. 
<laughs> you know, if I, if, I, if, I, if I go out and I do some crime and I, I, I go kill somebody, I'm still a biter. I'm still in the family. It doesn't erase the fact that I'm in the family. Now, how does that happen? Because I was born in the family. I was born in the God's family one day, August 11, 1971. You got a birthday, too. That day that you accepted Christ your Savior in his family, nothing changes that. When you got saved, you got eternal life, and that means for eternity. So this Bible verse here is not saying these people died in faith. In other words, they stayed saved until the end when they died. Well, they didn't stay saved on their own. God saved them, and in his hands they were, and they were saved. But that's not what it's talking about there. If you read on in verse 13, it says, All these died in faith. Now notice this, not having received the promises. Why, they still have faith, and yet they've not received promises that God has made. He goes on and says, but having seen them, how? Afar off. And were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. But what did they have? Started out the verse with, they had faith. They had faith all the way to the time of their death. They had dying faith. So it had nothing to do about their salvation This dying faith was a continuance of the faith that they had previously. We read the stories about how that uh, uh, we could go right down the line about Enoch and, and Noah and Abraham and Sarah and on and on. We can go about all the different ones. And the Lord says, you know what? These things that they did, these great things they did. But think about this. They had faith in those great opportunities they had in life. But they had that faith all the way to the point of death. You know what God wants us to have? We talked about this morning about that shield of faith. God wants us to have faith in him until we die. We take our last breath knowing that God is still in control and I'm trusting him. These people didn't, see the, didn't receive the promises yet. Before the promises were fulfilled that God said, they still had faith. In other words, they believed God before it was fulfilled. I don't have a mansion yet. Neither do you, do you? Don't have a mansion yet. But I'll tell you what, because I don't have it right now does not negate that I have a mansion. God said, I'm preparing a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions. Now, if you've got an NIV, you get a room. And if you've got some other Bible, you might just have a hole in the wall. Amen? But I'll tell you right now, I've got a mansion. You say, why do you believe that? Because the Bible says so. You see. He said, man, you, you, just, you just take it literally. Yes. Yes, I do. God wants us to have that dying faith, which has nothing to do with salvation, but to have a living, living a life of continuance in the things of God. These folks had a faith in the past that continued on till their death. They had a faith in the past. Looking back here in this portion of Scripture, looking back at what they had, but they had that faith continuing even beyond that. These names, all the names in chapter number 11 of Hebrews, we're talking about those people. And and, and, and the past, you know, when I look at the past, I think how important the past is. I think about, uh, you know, what what we can do about the past is this, we can learn. Have have we ever done some stupid things before? Don't look at your spouse right now. Too late now. What happens? You you, You think about it. Some things we did were kind of stupid. You know, as a kid, I think I could ride my bike down this hill with no hands. Then all of a sudden, we, are, we have a wreck there. We, we, we think that we'll be all right, and, 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 and what happens, we have this crash. And, you know, most of the time, we learn from our mistakes. So we can go back in our life, and we can say this. You know what? I remember what I did on my bicycle that day. I'm not going to do that again. We learn from the past. So the past is an important thing because I believe it's also a learning experience from it. And someone said this, if we don't study history and learn from it, we're doomed to repeat it. Actually, looking back can be one of two things. Either learning, and this is the one that scares me, or longing. 
Learning or longing? Now, it might sound all right to have that longing of the past. I know we, we look back, and, and, and I do this sometimes. I look back in the old days. I think about the times of the great revivals. Wouldn't it have been awesome to be in some of Moody's revival meetings? Billy Sunday, have Billy Sunday get up, stand up on the pulpit, break chairs over the pulpit. I mean, people would come hours, get this hours before service, and they would get in there and would just sing and sing and sing until the time for the preaching. People didn't look at a clock to see what time they could get out. They just stayed there and as he preached and preached and many souls got saved. I mean, to think of going back and listening to some of the greats as they preached, how wonderful that would be. And, and we can look back and say, well, I long for something like that. I understand that, but I know this too. I can't go back in the past, but I can learn something from the past. But here's the danger of looking back to the past. Well, many a times what happens, people look back to the past before they got saved. I've heard people say this. Well, I had more friends when I was lost. I tell you what, what happened to those so-called friends? If they were real friends, they wouldn't have left you when you got saved. They weren't real friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. I'm glad I have him as my friend. You know, that he's, he never leaves me, never forsakes me. He's always my friend. But I think about how that we can learn from that past and not long for it. Look at Luke chapter number 9 with me, please, if you'd like. Or I'll, again, I'll just read it to you. But Luke chapter number 9, and we go to verse number 57. Luke chapter number 9 and verse number 57. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, Here it is, no man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. God said, don't, don't, don't look back. You know, you know they, don't put, they don't put rearview mirrors on plows. You know why? You've got to keep looking forward. My dad, when he was a boy, they used to plow with mules. And he used to tell me how you had to make sure you knew where you are going. You had to watch that mule, keep that mule in line. He says, you couldn't be, you couldn't be, uh, uh, you couldn't be just looking around. You had to watch where you're going. And, I, and, and they don't put mirrors on because, you know what, they're not to be looking back, they're to be going forward. In the Christian life, we need to keep going forward. We keep going forward for the Lord. And, 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 but here's the thing. It's not wrong in automobiles today. Unless you've been really rough on your car, most likely every car out there has a rearview mirror. Now, how many of you drive by the rearview mirror? You don't do that, do you? It's good to have it, especially if Daniel parks behind you. Right, Daniel? Yeah. Rearview mirror will help keep you from running into someone else's pickup truck. But God forgives. It's too bad people don't. <laughs> yeah, but, 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 the, but the thing is, you know, with a rearview mirror is an important thing, but here's the reason for it, so that you know what's around you. I don't ever get on the highway and go, hey, hon, let's go backwards. I don't like backing up. Now, now, Dave Stevens, he's down by the door sleeping right now, so we won't try to bother him. But uh, Dave Stevens is great at backing up. He used to drive tractor trailer. Whenever we go soul winning, I am always never have a problem when all of a sudden Dave goes backing down a driveway or down a lane. I don't have any trouble because he knows what he's doing. I don't. I find myself in the yard. I have trouble going backwards because I'm a better Christian than Dave. <laughs> Amen, Dave? No. <laughs> I mean, we ought to have somebody go down there and watch Dave tonight, all right? But, uh, but, but, but you know, you know I, we, have, we have that mirror. But when I drive, I glance up at the mirror. 
I'm not longing for what's behind me. I want to be watching out for someone come roaring up behind me. I want to watch out. I'm on 99. I'll be driving along. I'll watch my mirror if I'm in the left lane. And all of a sudden, someone comes flying up. I want to get out of the way. The rearview mirror helps me to get away, but it is not the direction that I'm going. I only back up when I really have to out of the garage or out of a parking space. But, but, but we're not, and, and this is what God was saying here. He says, man, you don't need to look back. What you need to do is keep looking forward and going forward. And so we can learn from the past or those things that are behind us. We can learn from the past the ways to stay out of danger. But we've got to be very careful that we don't ponder the past. Like I said, man, I had more friends when I was lost. Why, I had more fun. Well, you're looking in the wrong place for fun. Now, I've never have understood how people can go out and get drunk and throw up and have a headache and say it was fun. I've never had the flu and said, yippee yay yay Boy, bless the Lord, I just threw up for three hours straight. I've never done that, have you? And yet the world says, man, we can have joy, and they're taking their pills, and now they're scared to death they're going to die because they got fentanyl in them. You know what? They'd be wise not to take any pills. It's good to remember what God saved us from, but be careful you don't ponder the past. I like when uh, Brother Dallas He'll tell just a little bit of his testimony. Now, he's, he's preached before and told his testimony. But he doesn't dwell on it. He'll tell you a little bit about it. You know why? Because he's not looking back. He's not looking back and saying, man, I had it well. He didn't have it well. He sees exactly how it was. He's looking forward. God's using the man in a mighty way. He's using, using him to help reach other addicted people. And, and again, I said it this morning too, and, and, and the wonderful thing about it is he's saying, I'm not trying to help them about with the drugs itself. I'm trying to help them with the answer is the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what it is? It's getting those drug addicts to quit looking back and looking forward to the Lord Jesus Christ. Forgetting those things which are behind is what the Lord was talking about. It's the same way on the highway of life. Yeah, we got to look around and make sure everything's all right. Look in that mirror when we go to pass a car. We're not to drive by that mirror. We're to drive by that windshield that is in front of us. Keep going forward. I think it's good for us to remember what God saved us from. I don't have a problem with someone saying, man, my life was a mess, and give their testimony. But it always scares me when people dwell on that. Because your testimony before you were saved is not good. You know, I, I, my, my testimony, and I thank the Lord for it, my testimony is I grew up in church. Had Christian mom and dad. Never drugs, no drinking, no pills, no stuff like that. You know, didn't, didn't, no smoking, nothing. I mean, just, just didn't have any part of that there. But I was lost. I was lost. And I don't want to go back and say, oh, how wonderful. Well, it was not wonderful. And I don't care what your testimony is. That before you got saved is not something to dwell on. Realize when you got saved, you became a new creature. You've got something now that is new. Isn't new things nice? And the Christian life stays new. Unless you start pondering what was the past. We're not to look at the past and think about what we're missing. Or wanting wanting again. I guess it's all right for us to look back and realize the danger that we're in and make sure that we don't go there again. We need to keep looking forward to what God has for us. You see, there's dangers in us turning back. Go with me to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 7. It's just just one little verse. Again, if if you... You just want to listen, that's fine too, but I'll give you a chance to look at it. Galatians chapter number 5 and verse number 7. He's talking here to these Galatian folks and said, you did run well. Well, that's good. They did run well, but notice this. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? These folks here, what was happening, people were coming in bringing them false religion. You know you know, you know, what saved people had before they got saved? They had something that wasn't real. 
They were doing the best they can. They were, they were trying really hard, but that didn't get them to salvation. We realize when Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, we realize he did that for me, and you put your faith and trust in him. But these people here got caught up in doctrinal error. You know, I'll I, I tell you right now, there's nothing new under the sun, so watch out for these guys that come up with something new. You just need to go back to the Bible again and find out what the Word of God says. But the people in the Galatian church, what happened? They got caught up in, in error. And, 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 and the part of the error that they were caught up in was, was, was they were reverting back to the law. The law was not, uh, not in effect. It was not there. They were in the time of grace. They were saved by grace. And then the Judaizers came in and said, well, you know what? You've got to keep the law. No, that was wrong. And what they were getting those people to do was to look back at the past and think that's what they needed. You may have been raised up in a Catholic church. You don't need the Catholic church. You might have been raised a Mormon. You don't need to go back to the Mormon uh, ideas or Joe witnesses or anything else. It's work salvation. You don't need to go back to that. We're to continue in the faith. Those folks, got, those folks got caught up in doctrinal error. Sometimes the reason people turn back is because it's the problem of loving this present world. Now, let's face it, this world has a lot for us today. I mean, you, mean, you ever heard of Amazon before? What don't they have? They've got everything. And they've got boogoodles of everything. I mean, just whatever you want, you go, you go online, you can write in, check Amazon. And you can put down anything and you'll find out they have it. I was looking, my, my car, my, my horn on my, on my car doesn't work, and I thought, I'm going to put an Uga horn on it. Doesn't that sound cool? I used to have one when I was a teenager and dating Pam, and I, I remember sometimes I'd get off at work, and I'd just drive by her house. i get off late at night, but I would drive by her house in my, in my, in my car, and I had a Mustang, was, was in the Mustang, and I would go, I would go past her house, ooga, ooga. I mean, just blast that thing. Oh my! And and she knew who it was. I couldn't go see her. We, I mean, it was beyond time uh, for me to be able to see her, and I couldn't even call her. It was too late to call her, but I could ooga her, amen. And I would ooga, ooga. I burnt that crazy thing out. And I thought about it the other day. I said, Well, wouldn't that be neat putting an ooga horn on? I went to Amazon. I clicked on. Auga horns. I didn't know how to spell it, but they knew how to spell it. And they have pages of auga horns. They got everything. This old world has everything. And a whole lot of stuff we don't need, like auga horns. Uh, I will just get one and drive past your house some night. So if you're one night trying to sleep and you hear auga, you say, man, that crazy preacher just came by. Amen. Oh, my, I'll, 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 you'll love me for that. But, you know, this old present world has a lot to offer. You know, I'm not surprised a lot of kids today get out of the church because there's so much to offer. Soccer, baseball, basketball. I mean, just about everything. And then for girls, too. There's all kinds of things for girls. The world has a lot to offer, which keeps a lot of folks from the things of God. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 4.10, For Demas hath forsaken me. What a sad statement, isn't it? Well, what's the reason? The Bible tells us. Having loved this present world. The Bible says in 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I think the reason sometimes we turn back is because of all that the world has to offer, and we begin to love it. I was looking around tonight as we were singing. And you know what I saw? Honestly, I'm going to be nice, because it was nice. I saw a bunch of folks singing with joy. I saw people singing where I, I stood right there, and I'm looking around. I, I look around the crowd, and everybody said, you better sing, because I'm looking. I'm looking around the crowd, and you know, you know, I'm thinking, let me believe it. It's real. Boy, thank the Lord it is. It is real. And I think, you know, this whole world, they'll, they'll line up and pay all kinds of money for tickets for a concert. We can come to church and hear something, uh, something worthwhile to listen to. I, I, down men's prayer time, we, us fellas, we get a double blessing. We get to go down and pray. 
but we get to hear the children's choir sing. I'm telling you what, I just love hearing these kids sing. Man, they sing out. They, they, they got music for a little while. I'm telling you what, they are so smart, even if they can't read, they have music. That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Almost all of them can read, music, read, read the words, and they're, and they're in there singing. And, 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 the, and the thought came to me as I was listening to them again tonight, they enjoy it. You can tell it's not just, okay, let's sing this song for Mrs. Bader. She's going to get on us. No, they sing that song because they're singing it for Jesus. And I'll tell you, it just blesses my heart. I'm glad that these kids have got something other than what the world has to offer. I'm glad when they come to church. I was watching even before the service. Little girls were out there being such nice, little, dainty little girls running races against each other. And, uh, but they were out there just running and running. And, uh, and it was funny when they came in, they're all walking in the church going, <laughs> Man, wear them out so they'll sit down and listen to church. Amen. But I, I, I looked and I thought, you know, isn't it great that the kids can come to church and have a good time? They don't have to go to this old world. Hey, there's something about serving God that is a joy that the world does not have. Sometimes it's the problem becomes spiritually fearful. The Bible said, 2 Timothy 4, 16, In my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. I think, why would somebody be, why wouldn't they stand with him? Because they're fearful. You know, I thank the Lord we're not back in the dark ages. It's pretty dark out there today, but we're not in the dark ages. I, I haven't heard of any Christians lately being burned at the stake. But you know, I, I think there's a lot of things Christians are afraid of. They're afraid of people laughing at them. I remember Rex Sr., was take him soul away, and he just, he said, preacher, I, I, and he, he's a rough, tough guy. He says, I'm really kind of afraid to go soul away. I said, why? He said, rejection. He said, I fear rejection. I don't want to be rejected when I go to a door. I thought, well, then don't go soul winning because <laughs> people reject you. And he said, I, I know that they do, and I fear that. Do you know what happened? He got over the fear. He quit fearing that, feared God more than he feared the rejection. That, that man became a soul-winning machine. How many, how many people got saved even during the time of his cancer? How many of those nurses and, and, and workers that came to his house, how many people in Pittsburgh he led to the Lord? Because he got rid of that fear. We don't have to have spiritual fear. We can be bold. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's, 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 it's because some people choose not to follow the old paths. Jeremiah 6.16 says, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the way and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. Be, but they said, now listen to what they said. But they said, we will not walk therein. They chose not to walk in the old paths. You see, the Christian life is a choice, is a life of choice. You've got to choose which way. Satan will always offer something else. Say, you know, God says, I'll give you joy. My joy will be your joy. Satan says, Well, I've got joy too. He's got counterfeit. I mean, think about it. Which would you rather have? A real $10 bill or a Monopoly $10 bill? You wouldn't want the Monopoly, it's not real. And that's exactly what Satan is doing today. He's trying to hand people a, a, a something that is not real. Trying to give them something that's artificial. That's why a lot of marriages today are built on that which is not real. Marriage ought to be about love. How can you have love if you don't have God? Sometimes people turn back because they choose not to follow the old paths. Now understand, if you're saved, you're not going to lose it. But you can make some really bad decisions if you're not careful. We need to stay on the old paths. Now understand this. The old paths is not something behind us. Now they're behind others who have already been that way. But the old paths for you and I, yes, it's behind us. Because if it's way back here and I've been growing in the Lord and I'm here, the old path is behind me but it's supposed to be a one-way street. 
a one-way path. It's not for me to turn back and say, oh, well, I'm still on this path, but I'm going this way. No, the object is, if I'm on the old path, is to keep going this way. And it keeps going until we get to eternity. And what we've got to decide is that we're going to make sure that we're going somewhere and that somewhere is on the path and the old paths that God has given to us. Those are paths that somebody else has, has already trod. Somebody else has gone down that path. Our, our forefathers, our uh, uh, people we read about in the Bible, they went down those paths. Those are paths that have been made that we can follow too. We've got to choose, but when we don't choose the old paths, what happens, we... Uh, we compromise, we, get, we fall into the, what the, uh, turning back even though we're saved. Again, remember, once saved, always saved. If you're saved, you won't lose it. But you might make some bad decisions. The old path is not backwards. The old path is continuation. Say, so, preacher, how long do we need to stay this way till Jesus comes? I'm not changing my preaching. I'm not changing it. What I believed... I still believe. Because here's the thing. You see, I don't understand why, why, why preachers oftentimes change if they're sticking to what the Bible says. Because the Bible doesn't change. They may change Bibles, but the Bible doesn't change. You say, but preacher, times change. I, I know, I, a preacher comes to my mind right now who said this. How are we going to reach the, new, the millennials? We've got to do something different. No, I believe it's the same saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that saves millennials as it does even old, old timers. Amen. It's continuation. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1.14, That good thing which it was committed unto us, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This, know, this thou knowest, that all they which are in Asia be turned away from me, of whom I Phygelius and Hermogenes. The people had turned away. Sometimes Christians can't stand spiritual adversity. That's why they turn back. They can't stand spiritual adversity. What a sad verse. Listen to this. Matthew 26.56. But all this was done, that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Can you imagine people forsaking the Lord and fleeing from him? The one that came to die for them was going to lay his life down. How could they turn and walk away from him? And yet many Christians do that today. There are folks right now, Christians at home watching TV that used to go to church on Sunday night. Yeah. So I don't think it's a big deal. You see what they've done, they've turned. It was a time that was important, and no longer is it. You see, we're preachers, sometimes this Christian life is difficult. Well, no doubt about it. John 15, 18, and 19 says, If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world. But I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. The Lord said they're going to hate you. I'd be worried if the world loved me. Man, that old preacher, he preaches this and preaches that. Thank you very much. Glad you paid attention. Sometimes Christians just never grow up. John Mark was that way. I finally did, but there was a time. Acts 15, 38 says, But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. John Mark, he left the work of God. He went, he, went, he went back home. Uh, he goes back home in John cha or Acts chapter 13. We find where he departed. He went back home. Maybe he was homesick. I don't know. And I'm sure, you know, homesick's a real thing. But so is God. So is the work of God. Maybe it was he was afraid of the resistance that he would encounter from time to time. All I know is this, that he went home because he needed to grow up. You know, we as God's people need to grow up. Because we don't grow up when all of a sudden the adversity comes, we'll want to tuck our tail and run and hide and go back. Sometimes it's feelings hurt. Sometimes it's because we're embarrassed of our own sin. Sometimes it's a fear of what man thinks. But listen to this, John 66, John 6, 66 and verse 67 says, From that time... Many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Well, that's a sad thing. 
Many of the disciples would not walk with him anymore. Could you imagine? It's happening all the time. And then the Lord said something for those men to hear. In verse 67, then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Will ye also go away? How could you stand there and look at him as that question was given, not to be moved and want to say, Lord, I don't want to go away. I want to follow Jesus. I want to follow you. Now, here's the thing. You know who he posed that question to? Saved men. Will you go away? Do you know what, ladies and gentlemen? If you're saved, thank the Lord you're saved. You're saved eternally. Well, if you're not careful, you can do just like these folks did and walk away. What did we read in Hebrews? It said, these all died in faith. In other words, what? Their whole life until their death, their faith was in God. No doubt things look bleak at times. But you understand this? Get this truth. Even the bleak things sometimes are the plan of God. Amen. Even the bleak things are a plan of God. Have you ever been tempted to say this? I don't know why God has allowed me to go through this. Understand something, God has a plan. You say, it don't seem fair. Oh, you're not God. God knows what it's all about. You know, I've watched people, the church we grew up in, very large church, saw a lot of different problems. I think about uh, Penley's. Remember Mr. Penley? He was a huge man. He was a gentle giant. But I didn't want to test him on how gentle he was. Big man. All of a sudden, he had a little boy, and his boy got leukemia. And his boy died. He was broken. Well, John Penley used to sing in the Sunday school classes and play the guitar. He'd go around the classes and sing and sing in church. His little boy died. He was devastated, him and his wife. But you know what they did? They were not deterred. They decided even when the difficult time came, God was there. And he gave testimony how that God brought them through that. And they knew that little, what was it? Was his name John? Was it? Danny, Danny Penley. They knew little Danny was in heaven with the Lord. That's a comfort. And that big man would get up and sing and tears in his eyes. Because he knew this, there's no turning back. Whatever's in the plan of God is all right with me. Because God's still in charge. We need to take it from Peter. John 6, 68 and 69. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe, listen to this, and are sure. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. I'm sure tonight that he's the Christ, the Son of the living God. Has got everything in control. Yeah, we go through difficult times. Things are difficult sometimes and, and hard to understand. But we must not turn back. We must go all the way till death with a faith. With our faith in God. These all died in faith. Meaning this, they weren't holding on to their salvation they were holding on to their faith in God till they died. One of these days, the Lord tarries, we're going to take our last breath. But may with our last breath, we say, I still am trusting God. Amen. No turning back. No turning back. Let's pray.
Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much again for the time tonight. Thank you for the people that have listened. Lord, the, the attention of God's people is it's a, it's a wonderful thing. But Lord, what we're talking about is something that is real, and, and, I, and I believe we understand that tonight. Lord, help us, help this be a time of reminding us about it. We don't need to look back at the the past, other than just to, to notice what's around us, but, Lord, that we might look forward to what you have in our lives. May we be like the people here in the book of Hebrews, that we would even die in faith all the way through, trusting you. Lord, if it be that you give us a long, long life on this earth and we get way up in years, maybe, maybe can't do much anything but just... Barely breathe. May our faith be strong in you. But Lord, we know that next breath may not come, but we'll be in glory forevermore. Father, those people died in faith. May we tonight determine in our lives, I will die in faith. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe you're here tonight, you're not saved. Of course, that was not talking about salvation. But if you're here tonight, you're not sure you're saved, you need to have a faith in Christ. Call upon him and be saved. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning, this evening, and say, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Pray for me. Would you slip your hand up? Anyone today? Preacher, I'm not sure of heaven, but I'd like to be sure. Christian tonight, I don't know what it may be you go through. I don't know the difficulties and the dark times that may come in your life, but may you have faith and trust in God. Oh, don't you think there was times, Abraham is one of those men there, don't you think there was times when, when it looked awful dark and bleak? And you know when he didn't trust God, he got himself into problems. When you trust God, no matter what, even when it looks dark and bleak, God will take care of you. Let us be willing to die in faith. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight. In a moment, the altar call will be given. You need to come. The altar is open as always. You do what the Lord says. Father, thank you once again for this time tonight. Bless what has been said. Help us take the heart, the message tonight. Help us be willing to put our faith in you till even death comes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.